Okay. Hey, everyone. So this week I've got Isaiah with me from Man Down Photography. He's a videographer, uh, and which I just think is so important in this day and age. Um, with video was like really taking over. There's so many people who are doing their own like uh, YouTube kind of TV shows as well, like Gary Vaynerchuk and Cohen Ray. And um, yeah, even like smaller names as well these days. And I think it's something that's just so important to be able to get your name out there, get your brand out there. And I really see it as something that's taking off at the moment and it's just going to get more and more um, relevant over the coming years, I think as well. So I wanted to get Isaiah on today to talk a bit about what he does to give you guys a couple of tips. And um, yeah, I guess let's, let's just get started with... Um, Thanks. Thanks for um, jumping on for this interview, Isaiah. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> um, and yeah, could you just explain a little bit about, you know, how long you've been in business for um, and what exactly it is that, that you do and that you help people with? Okay, so I've been in business, uh, specifically photography, for five years. Before I got into photography, I had a skateboard business where I sold custom-made uh, custom and Australian skateboards. Um, I had to photograph those products to uh, put them on the website, obviously, and I actually discovered that I enjoyed photography uh, and videography more than I actually enjoyed selling those skateboards. So I made the slow shift into photography and videography five years ago. I was still at school at that point, um, and I was at school up until uh, 2015 was the year I left. 2016 was my first full year um, as a photographer videographer, but I was running the business those years beforehand. Yeah, awesome. I was going to say you look young. <laughs> People on the podcast can't see you, obviously, um, but anyone who's watching the video um, can. But So how old are you? So I'm 17 years old. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's so awesome that you've been doing, um, like being in business for, for quite a while now and been doing it from such a young age. Yes. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it, it was predetermined for me that I didn't want to work for anyone else. Um, mm. at a very young age, I figured that out. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed skateboarding, but wasn't actually very good at it. So the next <laughs> best thing for me was to sell them. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And so where do you think that drive came from? Did you have parents who were, had their own businesses or? So um, my mum's always worked for someone else, but my dad um, got laid off. Ooh, I think it was before I was born. He got laid off. He got a week's pay um, and decided that he would start his own business. Um, it, he really didn't have an option because he, he got laid off and he started getting inquiries before he'd even put anything out there about um, fixing machines. He's a CNC repairer mainly, but he does a whole lot of stuff. So yeah, he was getting lots of inquiries to um, go repair other people's machines. And that's just developed into him running his business for, I, I don't know how long he's been running it, but probably over 20 years. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And so what do you think that you learned from your dad um, to be able to take the path that you've now taken? Um, I, I definitely have learned a lot from him. Um, even just like, how do you do your first quote? How do you do your first invoice? Um, you know, how do you follow up customers? <laughs> all, all these different things that seem really basic, but if you've got no one there to show you the first steps, 
Mm. Um, it's it's hard to take that leap, especially obviously there's you can Google it or whatever, but um, a lot of people need that permission to take that first jump and step. And if they've got someone in their life who's already done that, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, totally. Both I grew up with two parents who were entrepreneurs. So my dad's always had his own business. He's a plumber welder and um, he's just taken on, he's just bought a very large company as well. So he's got multiple companies. Um, and my mom's a hairdresser and always was mobile hairdressing and had her own salon. So I've grown up around it. Um, so I can, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. And so what would you say are like, um, what started you get to get into business with the with the skateboarding um and then how did you find that transition like you already explained a little bit about how it came about but did you find it hard or like how long did that take to transition um so the the reason that i really got into selling them obviously i wasn't very good at it but when you see so many people getting around on skateboards at the skate parks, particularly at the time that I started it, it was a trend. Mm. Um, in in my head as a kid, knowing that my board was worth $120 and you see, you know, 30 kids at the skate park all on skateboards, just in my head I made the, those links that, hang on, if I sold these, there, there's tremendous opportunity here, especially as a very young kid, you know, $120 is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so that was exciting opportunities there. Um, and, you know, bought lots of stock and got the website up. And then the, the transition took, uh, it, it was a pretty instant transition, to be honest, because the website um, that I had developed, it was pretty ordinary. I paid a lot of money to get it developed and they did a bad job of it. Oh. Um, and when the domain came up to renewal, it was like, uh, I'm just I'm not passionate about this anymore. Mm. I know what I'm passionate about now, so I'm just not going to renew that and I'm going to go straight into photography. But what I am extremely glad that I started that skateboard business because it allowed me to make my mistakes there. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's some of it, like, they're not bad mistakes, but just poor management during that time yeah. that I wouldn't want transferred onto this business. Totally. Yeah, you're learning those lessons when you're starting out. Yeah. yeah. As like my first ever business coach, he said that I, I was a personal trainer first for two years. When I was like 24, I started my first business. And so I did that for two years. And then I started coaching personal trainers and coaches because I saw so many of them struggling in business. And my, my first business coach said that that first business was my training wheels business. So it's, I think it's a similar kind of thing that's happened with you as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. And so what would you say are like the advantages, but also the disadvantages of being a, a young entrepreneur? Right. So um, my first big job was a, uh, uh, I got a wedding. I got an inquiry to do a wedding. And that was my first uh, real money job, you could say, um, where it was, it was serious work. It wasn't like can't take photos for a hundred bucks or whatever. It was a serious job. So that was, I was 12 at the time. Um, and yeah, so I got this inquiry and at that stage and still to this day, I didn't publicly display my age. Um, I just, I just put my photos up and people can think whatever they want. Yeah. And, um, so uh, I get, I get to that meeting and it's like a 12 year old walks in and it's like, 
they, they were a little bit confused at first, obviously, and then I explained, you know, well, um, this is what I do and whatever, and they were reluctant at first. Mm. And then, um, and it's a real good quote that I got off someone else is, you picked me on my work, not on my age. Um, and that that was the tipping point where they were like, okay, I'm comfortable with this now. Yeah. Um, and they, they were happy to work with me after that. And once I had done that initial wedding, um, it opened the doors to a lot more because people had that trust yeah. that I, I could do it. And my first cl um, wedding clients were teachers as well. So that, that yeah. helped because they, they were used to dealing with younger people. Yeah, awesome. Well, that's a, a great lesson in, you know, any area of business. Someone has to have that trust and, and like you um, yeah. to to be able to do business with you. You're not going to go into business with someone who you don't trust, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely early on and even like still now I get, um, I get inquiries or I get meetings and as soon as they find out my age, they step back. Um, I had a situation just the other day where I was literally walked in for a meeting that was meant to take half an hour, walked in, shook the guy's hand. He was really interested and all of that. Um, and, you know, it, it was progressing. And then he asked me my age. And as soon as I, I told him my age, he took a step back. He was looking, he was using all the triggers to try and get you out of a conversation. He's looking yeah. at his watch and, I, I just ended the meeting there. I just said, thank you. Uh, it was nice talking to you. That's it. Because yeah, he didn't, he didn't want it as soon as he found out my age. And yeah. that, that was enough for me not to want to do business with them. Yeah. Um, and it's happening less and less as I get older, obviously. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, it's something. And that's why I don't publicly display it because I've had a lot of, um, I've got a lot of clients that I know wouldn't have reached out had have they known my age initially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just for everyone listening as well, like I didn't really know much about you. I met you in a Facebook group from an event that I went to last year. And so I didn't really know anything about you. And when you told me your age before, I thought that was cool. Like I took yeah. it the total opposite way to what a lot of people would, because I don't know, that just gives, um, it, it stands you apart, you know, and yeah. it gives you something extra. I think it doesn't do the opposite for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's people like, have you heard of Caleb Maddox? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually saw him speak in uh, Sydney. Awesome, cool. Yeah. yeah, so there's people like him that are just amazing, you know, and I think it's awesome to have more people who are young. Like, I would have loved to, you know, be confident and sure of myself and know what I wanted earlier on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can just hear the confidence in your voice as well with that story you just told, because most people, you know, no matter what their age, a lot of people wouldn't have that level of confidence to be able to walk away and pick and choose their clients. So yeah. I think yeah. the second that you don't have trust in them, it's, it's over. You, exactly. you don't want to work with someone that you don't trust and they don't want to work with someone they don't trust. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So can you talk a little bit about, so did you start with photography and then got into videography or did you do both from the start or? So I, yeah, I started with photography and it's still something I enjoy tremendously. And even I run a side business to the video and social media stuff, which is uh, selling uh, landscape artworks or renting them to businesses. Cool. Um, but the reason that I got into videography was because that's where the market was going. Um, mm. I was doing photography and it was going good, but 
all of my photography clients were then looking for video. Mm. And initially I was passing them on to other people in the industry. Mm. Um, but it got to the point where it was like, okay, I, I need to learn to do this. And I, I, I love doing video just the same as I love doing photography. Yeah. Uh, but there's definitely more work in the industry for videographers nowadays, especially with um, so many businesses now getting onto social media. Yeah, definitely. And so is that your main target market now, small businesses that want to start doing that, those videos? Yeah. So my main target for the last two years has been um, business to business. I've almost done no general public work for the last two years. It's it's all been business to business and it's been mainly videos for their social medias, one to two minutes, uh, the occasional ad, and then just photography on the side generally for them as well on top of those packages. Yeah, awesome. And so how did you learn your skill set? Like how did you learn to, to be good at photography and videography? So um, YouTube was where I started, um, yeah. as most people do. Um, but just out like hundreds of hours on doing photography, just being out there in the field. I, um, I got into, um, um, I got invited to a music, um, gig when I was around that, I don't know, maybe like 11 age. Mm. Um, and I got into the music scene there, which got me a lot of contacts with those people, no money in it, but I was shooting two, three shows a weekend. Yeah. Okay. Um, and th like the skill set that I learned from shooting live music mm. um, gave me a lot of my skills and then, yeah, just spending so many hours on it. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, it's like Malcolm Gladwell talks about in the tipping point. It's like the 10,000 hours is what gets you to be an expert in what you do. And yeah. And I love what you said just then as well about, you know, so many people are so focused on, I've got to make some money, I've got to make a sale. Whereas you went in to, you did things for free to develop and become good or great at what you wanted to do. Most people aren't willing to put in that work and most people are impatient as well. And I think, I think that's a really good lesson in itself of just getting really good at what you do. Um, and, and doing things for free in the beginning as well so you can build that up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and it doesn't only build, um, you know, it doesn't only build your skill set up, but it starts to get you contacts and connections as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So uh, what would be like some top kind of maybe your top three tips that you would give to people around video, people that want to start having more of a, a presence with video for their social media um, and things like that. What, what are the top three tips you would give to small business? Okay, so a, a tremendous place to start is um, Snapchat or Instagram stories, um, mainly because it allows you to learn to get your message across very quickly within that 10 second or 15 second time period. And even if you have to do multiple snaps, you need to know how to wrap it up quickly. Yeah. Um, so once you've, once you've done that for a while, you'll learn how to get your message across in a minute and then you can bring on a videographer if you want to um, and get some real good content done for your feeds and you know, all of that and to use on your website. Another good tip is in actually capturing the footage is a lot of people worry about, oh, should I get a good camera? What camera is the best camera? Use your iPhone. It's perfectly capable. It's 4K. It's actually above what you need. And focus on sound quality. 
Um, if you've got the money, buy a microphone for it. A Lavalier is the, the best microphone you can get for it. Rode make a thing called the Smart Lev. It's like 50 or $60, uh, and that'll improve your audio quality um, in an amazing way. And then also lighting. If you don't have good lighting, people aren't going to pay attention to your message because they're too worried about looking at a blurry, hazy image. So focus yeah. on your lighting. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Cool. And so what do you think are the key reasons why people need to be using video um, and, and how can they use it to be able to, I guess, grow their business? So um, especially with my business, because I, I do videos to promote myself, um, people don't know the person behind my images until I started doing video. So mm -hmm. they started to get a personal connection and trust with you before they've even met in person. Um, I know even down at the event that I met you at, I was um, just walking out of the room and one of the people attending said, hey, hey, I've, I saw you on YouTube mm. um, and, and, you know, talk to me. But it's like, so I don't have a huge YouTube channel. I think it's got like 250 subscribers and mm. one video's got 60,000 views, but all the others are doing pretty poorly. Yeah. And it's so out of anyone in the world who could have viewed it, yeah. One, one lady in Sydney who I've never met before had viewed it through no connection other than just searching YouTube. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy uh, the people you meet and whilst you might not get a huge view count to start with, it's, it's about who those people are. I think Caleb Maddox tells a similar story of um, he was doing a, a live stream and he had like three or four viewers or something, but one of those viewers was like, Grant Cardone's auntie or something <laughs> and, and that's like that made him the connections that's um, helped him get to where he is today so it's not necessarily about how big your audience is yeah. um, because that's something that a lot of people say to me when when they want to take on video work they say my social media isn't big enough yet to warrant taking on um, or bringing in a videographer mm. and it, it's a lot to do uh, about do with who's viewing it rather than how many people are viewing it. Totally. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent because you know, it's been so much, especially over the last few years or so that everyone's like, they want to have a massive following on social media or they, they, it, it limits their, you know, their confidence and knocks their confidence or their self-esteem if no one's engaged on their post or liked it or whatever. But most of the time, even if someone hasn't liked it or shared it or whatever, they've read it. And, and, and the other part of that, like you said, is like, um, it doesn't matter if, you know, a hundred people have viewed it or one, if that one person is the right person. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Cool. So, um, are there, uh, I guess just to wrap it up, are there any other kind of, um, tips or, things to look out for that you would recommend to small business owners? Anything that you want to add to that? Yeah, just, just go do it. Uh, a lot of people are holding off doing it, waiting until they, you know, um, can bring on a professional or hanging on until they've written a thousand content ideas. Just start, just pull your phone out and do the first thing that comes off your mind uh, onto Snapchat or Instagram stories. As I said, it's a great place to start. Yeah. And, and if it doesn't work on the first go, delete it, try again. It, it's as simple as that. Just start, stop focusing on all the small shit and just make it 
yeah make it work yeah exactly because with videography as well like with videos and youtube and all the things that are going on it's starting to get popular but you know you wait another year two years three years or whatever everyone's going to be doing it so i think if yeah. people get in now they're going to build a bigger following and they're going to get so much more out of it if they keep waiting yeah it's an attention grab at the moment and it's it's going to be too late in a year or two years People will be watching, but it will be nowhere near the amount that you can get if you start now. Yeah, yeah, awesome, cool. So um, where can people find you if they want to check out what you do or follow you uh, on social media or wherever? Um, so the best place to find me is my Instagram. It's just at mandownphotography. Um, all my landscape works there. And if you want to follow my um, more business-related work, it's just Facebook, Man Down Photography again. Awesome. And I'll chuck the links in with this as well. Awesome. awesome. Cool. Well, thanks so much for jumping on. I just think it's amazing what you've done so far and really excited to follow your journey. And, um, yeah, I just, just a big well done to you and, and what you've created in your life so far. Thank you. Yeah.